welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shereen. And it is almost the end of Beach Reads Month. Um, we're coming up on the end of July. We're still covering everything Beach Reads-wise, so many, many different things over here on the podcast and also over on our website at fullybook.ca, which you guys can always check out if you want to take a look at anything that we're talking about over there too. As you should. Yes. <laughs> we work hard. <laughs> we have lovely writers who contribute every month. Yes. So. Um, but in kind of... I guess we're flipping things around a little bit this week. So our first movie that we talked about for Beach Reads Month was like a young adult fan, like young adult fantasy, young adult romance, like oh, very much yeah. on that teen romance kind of thing. Easy, light read, great for summer, great for the beach. And yeah. today we flip over, flipped over to our other end of the spectrum, <laughs> <laughs> which is your like thriller, thriller murder, murder mystery. And yeah. we love a good unreliable narrator around here oh yeah and this one has two for sure for sure so obviously if you took a look at the title of the episode you will know that today we're talking about the 2014 adaptation of gone girl originally published by jillian flynn um and adapted by david fincher um mm. and was released in 2014 uh obviously starring ben affleck and was it rosamund Ro- pike yeah um and I don't know, Tyler Perry's in it. There's a few other people. Neil Patrick who, Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, that's right. Why did I just forget about that? We just watched this movie. Um He plays Barney if Barney's life didn't go the way it oh, should have gone. God. Ooh. Oh no. Oh. That's dark. <laughs> this whole movie is dark. The whole guys. movie from start to finish. Um yeah, I think everybody I think I think everyone's seen this film and or read the book yeah. probably um but weirdly you know what it's like one of those that the book is still talked about no I haven't rewatched the movie in a long time and I feel mm. like no one talks about the movie now which is weird yeah it was a really good movie oh my god they did such a good job and like the actors especially Rosamund Pike like she did such oh a my good god. job yeah. as Amy um but yeah, like I think re-watching it for the first time, I saw it for the first time in theaters and yeah. this was the first time I've re-watched it. And like, they do such a good job, both of them, with how much they hate each other. Oh yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's so, so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was an interesting one to, to revisit. So let's just jump right into it and we're going to talk about Gone Girl from 2014. Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Has Amy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. He's being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering. All right, so what kind of ratings are we looking at here? So, um, it is currently sitting at an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb and 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that makes sense. That's weird. Why, Why did To All the Boys I love, I've Loved Before oh, get 96% and this I got 87? You know what? Like, this is our new benchmark. Like, <laughs> To All the Boys I've Loved Before gets 96%, so everything else, we need to critique it. Well, I'm going to point that out because it's, <laughs> it's within the same month that we're recording this, and it's weird to it me. It is weird. 
I don't know. Maybe they had a different like audience or focus group or of of critics. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> I mean, like the audience score could be different, but it's weird to me that the um <laughs> the score. critics rating is this. That's yeah. interesting. Oh boy. Okay, so this is a long movie, so yeah. I'm sure that we're gonna glaze over certain aspects of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. So if you for for whatever reason, if you have not read the book, if you have not watched the film, you've been I would, hiding under a rock. Yeah, since I would. 2014. I would probably suggest you actually go do that and then come back and listen because yeah. we're gonna give away like mad spoilers about things just yeah. because that's how this works, as we normally do. Yeah, that's it. And I just <laughs> and we're not very good with our spoiler alerts. So. Oh, I don't spoiler alert anything. I'm just like, this came out like several years ago. Yeah. You just came out like seven years ago. You should know you should by now it's fine. Yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, so um, the film basically uh, follows a couple, Nick and Amy Dunn. They're living in small town Missouri. They have, they moved there, I think uh, maybe three or so years ago, mm. two to three years ago from New York City where they were living previously. Um... On the morning of their fifth wedding anniversary, Nick goes to work. He co-owns a bar with his twin sister, Margot. Um, he goes off to the bar, gets a phone call from his neighbor while he's there, who's like, hey, the front door is like open at your house and the cat's outside. Mm. So he goes back home and is like, that is weird. You know, thanks his neighbor goes inside and then stumbles across a weird scene kind Mm. of there's like a little bit of flipped over furniture in the living room but it's like the only place that anything seems to be disturbed Mm. looks around for amy cannot find her anywhere and then proceeds to you know call the police obviously like you do when this happens and like i have to say like you know we were watching the movie and i kept saying ben affleck was so ben affleck was so well cast for this role yeah it really really suits him having read the book so i you know went into this knowing pretty much everything about it because i read the book before i saw the movie Mm -hmm. before the movie was made um and i mean it's basically not like i wouldn't call it like a shot for shot adaptation but like it completely follows the storyline. Like, it is exactly what happens in the book. And I remember when it came out, um, because when this came out in 2014, I think the second date I had with my now husband, we went to see this movie, and he had read the book. And when they released the movie, they were saying that the ending was different in the movie to the book. And so we went theater and bear in mind second date with this guy yeah <laughs> we watched the whole movie and he comes out and he's absolutely frantically raving about <laughs> how they made promises that they didn't keep <laughs> and he was like they didn't change <laughs> they the didn't ending change and the ending. yeah i'm pretty sure he's right like i haven't read the book in a very long time but i don't remember the ending being any different no, than no, it is in the book said that it was exactly shot for shot shot for shot like the same thing yeah. right okay so uh, yeah, so Ben Affleck, Nick, cast incredibly well in this film, um, comes into basically calls the police and a detective, Rhonda Boney, I believe her name is, shows up with her partner, Gil, but he doesn't deputy. seem like a detective to me, so that's a weird thing. Anyway, they show up to, you know, take a look around and see what the hell is going on. Um, I love Rhonda. Mm. She's a good fucking cop. She's very fair. Like, yes. she does really give Nick the benefit of the doubt. She really does. <laughs> she even says at one point, like, you know, you kept doing stupid things and I kept saying, well, maybe he's just maybe stupid. Maybe he's just stupid. <laughs> that's it, exactly. And I think that the whole point is that things just don't quite add up from a detective detective's perspective yes and she seems to be the 
member of law enforcement who sees that. Yeah. Almost from the beginning. Yeah. So Amy has disappeared. They kind of do a tour of the house and, you know, Rhonda starts putting some post-its here and there saying this doesn't quite look right. Something looks like a speckle of blood. Yeah. And she's like, that's okay. So she sticks a little post-it. She looks at different stuff. You know, they're asking questions suspiciously because let's be, let's be real. Nine times out of ten, if a woman disappears or is murdered, like the husband did it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's not, it's just kind of what seems to be the norm mm. in a lot of cases that you see that are like this where someone goes missing. Um, that pretty much seems to be what the situation is most of the pretty time. Much. So I don't really blame them for being suspicious almost from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Also, of course, in this first sort of like little bit where shown the fact that Amy is, so Amy's parents are rich people from New York Mm. and basically she grew up with them I guess kind of using her as their cash cow to a certain extent (laughs) because her parents have written these this series of children's books called Amazing Amy and Amazing Amy has all these different adventures and everything and they based her on Amy technically as a kid but Amazing Amy is always kind of one step ahead of real Amy yeah there's flashbacks of her you know pointing out to Nick that like you know like oh like she played cello for a little bit and she hated it but then in the book amazing amy became like a prodigy and stuff amazing amy got a dog but real amy didn't get one um so you know you're kind of see they're kind of illustrating who this person is and so you know she's from a very very wealthy family um she's got this really nice townhouse in new york city that she owns she's got a trust fund Mm -hmm. um but somehow they're in this massive house in missouri yeah that they're Um, renting so oh right so background is of course that they've they moved back to missouri a couple of years back because there was a recession they both lost their jobs yeah and Nick's mother um, was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Yeah. So they moved back to Missouri to be with his mom and his sister. They sold the townhouse they, in New York City. And she, she said they sold it at a loss. Yeah, because of the recession. And they basically had no money left from the trust fund. So, yeah. like, you know, you're getting an idea of what's going on in this marriage. You know, there's mm-hmm. financial issues. So there were problems already yeah. that existed. So, of course, that sets an interesting backdrop for things as well. So, which also, you know, kind of makes the detective like a little bit, you know, curious, I guess, as to what's gone on here. And then they find these envelopes in the house while the detectives are there. The first one with clue number one. Yeah. Um, And, you know, again, the reason why we mentioned an unreliable narrator here is because we've got two. We've got Nick and we've got Amy. Yeah. So it's very hard to figure out who's telling the truth. And so then you've got, you know, Amy showing that she's doing these little, like, um, treasure hunts that she always does for Nick during their anniversary. So she's, you know, supposedly done the same thing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they find the first clue, takes them, they t- it takes oh, them his, to... his office. His office, where there's he a pair of... lectures women. at uh, the university in the area, whatever it is. That's right. Um, and they find these racy red panties in his little university drop box, which he says he's never seen before in his life. And at this stage, you know, things start to become a little bit suspicious. Um, we later find out that he's having an affair with one of his very young, very attractive students, students yeah. um, played by, um, I'm not uh emily radajowski or something she's that model i don't remember she does all those karistas commercials now i don't know what her name is (laughs) very attractive um and uh so that's who he's having an affair with 
Um, and so like, you know, the back, what's happening on the outside now is all this noise from the media, you know, his wife yeah. is missing. And they've, they've put together, like, you know, like they've put up like missing posters. So Nick also like, he's kind of a shit and he also just doesn't, <laughs> he hates his wife. Yeah. But he also doesn't handle this whole thing very well. So of course she's gone missing. They've put up these like, you know, missing posters and stuff and they're trying to get a picture of him in front of it. And he smiles for yeah. the fucking camera. Like, oh God, how stupid are you? Yeah. So like the story is starting to come together that like this guy doesn't seem to really care about his wife, but he's kind of looking at this and thinking, this is all kind of ridiculous because I know that I didn't kill my wife. So yeah. like, what's everyone's so problem? So he's like, what's wrong with everybody? And he also is like nervous. And in the book, you get this a lot as well. He's uncomfortable with everything. Yeah. So his go-to tends to be to like react in a weird way. And this does happen sometimes with people like you know sometimes like people will be at a funeral and they'll laugh or something because mm. you just some people have a, a different kind of reaction to uh something negative or to trauma mm. and stuff and so it's difficult it can be difficult to judge a person mm. on that and that happens a lot and unfortunately in this kind of situation when media is involved they're gonna judge that person and be like whoa okay you are crazy like you don't you're very apathetic you don't feel anything yeah basically about this about yeah which is you know not necessarily the case but it's kind of understandable that they would be seeing that as well so interspersed with very very well interspersed with all of the scenes of what's presently happening with the police looking into things discovering some minor clues Nick kind of trying to figure things out on his own and also not being honest mm -hmm. with police yeah. because he's kind of doing his own side thing because he starts to feel like this makes no sense and he's trying to go on this treasure hunt yes. so again so clue number two takes him to his father's his house, dad's house uh where the um the alarm code has been changed so there are things going on that are just a little bit confusing like yeah. from Nick's perspective yeah there are the panties that he's never seen so he's assuming that Amy left them there as part of the treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. um, he goes to his father's house where the second clue leads him. Uh, the alarm goes off because he doesn't have the right code and he doesn't quite understand why. Mm -hmm. Um... And the detective is there? Yeah, well, because yeah. Um, I think she was also doing a little bit of checking as well. And when the alarm was tripped, I think she went right. I think we're right. going to understand she went right there. And, you know, they just had a conversation where they read the clue and it had to do with, like, you know, and it had to do with, like, where to go. And she was like, where is this? And he was like, I don't know. But obviously he did. And it's his, dad, his dad's house. So he's also being dishonest. So, again, yeah. unreliable, unreliable with his storytelling. And then interspersed with all of this are flashbacks. Yeah. Um, from Amy's diary entries specifically. Yeah. So all of her stuff that she's talking about at first, everything is good because it's all to do with the their, beginning, the of, beginning the of their relationship, the beginning of their marriage and how, you know, like that was and how they were happy and things. But then you do get much of the picture of that because of the whole recession situation. And then he gets a phone call from his sister and they have to move back to Missouri, all that kind of stuff. And then you start to get this. And then Amy's diary entries slowly start to paint a darker picture of things, of Nick having a temper mm. and being abusive and yep. being threatening towards her. Yep. Um, and feeling unsafe. Yeah, she has a lot about how she feels like an object and she feels like she's being used by him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that this is kind of like, you know, they kind of glaze over this a couple of times, but I think it's really the crux of the matter is Amy has always felt used by everybody. Because Her she, parents, yeah, for the books um, for and the then books, and all their fucking Nick, money. Now Nick, for all of her money, 
Um, and I think that she just got to a point where she doesn't want to be used anymore. And yeah. So, and that's kind of what she's getting at in her diary. And then on top of that, for her, you know, what you find out later is that to add insult to injury on top of that now he's he's fooling around he couldn't keep it in his pants and he's cheating on her with a much younger woman she's like so he does all of this to me and then what thinks he can like throw me away for a younger model like no and so um so you know the first half of the movie is really concentrating on what's going on with nick yeah um and then he gets to the third clue and what's interesting about this is that the detectives have the third clue as well um, and they both come to two different conclusions. So he goes to the woodshed. Yes, yes. behind um, his sister's house. Behind his sister's house, based on the clue, and he finds, <laughs> what do they call it? The, um... Uh, oh, they had a word for it, didn't the, they? Um, the showcase showdown. Yes, that's of it. Stuff of in the stuff shed. Stuff in the shed, which is basically, as the police were doing their investigation, they discovered that there were all kinds of charges for very expensive items that they couldn't find under Nick's name specifically. Yeah. It was over a hundred thousand dollars of credit card debt. Yeah. basically, is what they're in. And he's never seen this stuff. Like yeah. he's he'd never seen the transactions. And so again, it goes back to this nothing quite adding up, and mm-hmm. you're like, what is going on here? Um, so he goes there and he finds all of this stuff in addition to these puppets. The Punch um, and Judy dolls. Punch and Judy dolls. And so that was kind of like his clues for their anniversary. Yeah. However, the detectives go to his father's house and there's like a, I guess a wood stove. Like a wood burning stove in the basement. Yeah. And they find her diary that's been slightly charred by the fire, but it's still very legible. Yeah. And so then they start reading like her journal entries and you know, while things are unraveling on that end, cut to what's actually happened. Cut to with yeah, Amy. what's actually happened with Amy. So we get no more diary entries, we get actual narration from Amy herself. Yeah. So basically she faked this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she staged a scene. She also she like bled herself and then like oh. put it all over the floor. The amount of effort that oh. she went to she basically just to frame him. Yeah, she basically staged it so it's a little bit complicated, but she basically staged a scene to look as though Nick staged a scene of her being kidnapped when in fact he killed her. He covered up the killing part and just made it look like she was taken. So she stages it, but with just enough mistakes to make it seem weird, Mm -hmm. pretty much. In the meantime, she has taken off uh, with like a shitty little car that she bought. She dyes her hair. Um, she cuts her she hair. She cuts her hair. And she go. She heads off into the Ozarks, which is also in Missouri. Yeah. Um, and then rent and goes to like one of these shitty little rental cabin yeah. places. I don't know what it is. Like a, like a pay-by-day motel or something. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, so she goes there and kind of thinks she's going to wait it out for a while. And once she sees that he's been punished, her initial plan is to actually commit suicide. She's planning mm. on taking a bunch of pills, she says, and basically walking into the ocean. And then she assumes her body will eventually be found and they will then have all the proof that they need that Nick murdered her. Yeah, she's very, very dramatic. And like earlier when the detectives are asking Nick what she does with her days, he just says, I don't know, she keeps busy. So they're the worst couple in the world. He doesn't even know what she gets up to. And then they're showing that what she was actually getting up to all day long was (laughs) <laughs> reading up on how to like stage a murder and how to yeah up a she's reading all these and... true crime books and yeah. she you know she does all these things to help herself out so like she becomes friends with this like fucking annoying woman who lives down the street with triplets oh my god uh noel yeah or something so she'd be like becomes friends with her and then 
paints this whole picture to her of like an abusive husband and pretty like how much. lonely she is yeah. and like you know just this really sad like, and that she's like afraid of him yeah. and all that shit so yeah. yeah so she's done a good job of that so this woman Noelle of course is talking to the press and she's yeah. like no he was awful to her yeah. he was terrible blah she blah blah she was pregnant that yeah. was thing yes that's it she shows up at a press conference that they're having or like a vigil that they're having and she's just like did you know she was six weeks pregnant and yeah. he's like what yeah so like this is like a super elaborate scheme that she has weaved just to make it look like he murdered her and she did it all and she says it because he thought he could just use her throw her away and go and find a new model yeah that's um, it. so you know hell hath no fury oh, like boy. a woman scorn yeah but this is like Oh, this yeah. is like two terrible people in a marriage like this awful. is just another level just uh, from all sides this is just absurd um and so she's in the ozarks she's kind of like trying to look trashy trying to make herself look like like she's been beaten up she like hits herself in the face with a hammer oh yeah like, ow. um and she befriends kind of two people who are hanging about this motel all day long because none of them have anything other other sorry no none of them have anything else to do no they're not working or anything yeah to chat with each other and so she kind of befriends these two yada 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 one day they see her drop her wad of cash her fanny pack with all her money and like and i said this to you when we're watching the movie like it's just really funny that her entire plan was hinged on her having this cash yeah it's wild everything yeah 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 no for sure that was because she figured she'd be able to last a while because i think she'd calculated roughly what she would need to be able to do this so Mm -hmm. she's She's done that, but of course now plans are going to have to change because these two people who are, you know, this is a lot of desperate people who are in an area like this, who mm-hmm. are way below the poverty line. And yep. so of course, you know, they come into her place one day, force themselves in and kind of hit take her, her and money. take her money pretty much. So then basically while this is happening, um, you know, Nick has, now that he's discovered the woodshed and everything and those fucking Punch and Judy dolls, yeah. um, which are like a metaphor because they have clubs and Punch and Judy traditionally in the shows that they did with them, they would hit each other, like beat each other up. Mm. So there's, there's something there. Yeah. Um, he has shown and what well, he's convinced Margot or go his sister about all of this stuff yeah. and she does believe him yeah. and he and he's gone to New York so he can hire this very hotshot lawyer who mm. people call some sort of like he's supposed to be some sort of whiz of like getting wife killers off of <laughs> like like out of prison basically yeah. his name's Tanner Bolt which is hilarious what Tanner a ridiculous Bolt. name yeah played by Tyler Perry anyway <laughs> um and so Tanner you know goes to Missouri and is basically like, yeah okay fine like you know at first you can tell that he's all so he hears the whole story and he's like, this is absurd. Yeah, but he seems to be having a good time with it. Oh, he's definitely know? just having a fun time with it. And, yeah. But slowly but surely you can tell that he actually gets to the point where he does um, yeah. believe, truly believe that this is what's going on yeah. um, at the same time. So he starts doing some investigating. He has a lot of power behind him and really good investigators. So what they do discover is that Amy has had some issues with a couple of ex-boyfriends. One of them is named Desi Collings, Mm -hmm. who Nick knows about because um, he's still hung around and stuff. So Desi's played by Neil Patrick Harris, and you start to see him a little bit, but he doesn't want to talk to Nick about anything that went on between him and Amy. And then at the same time, there's this other guy named Tommy, Mm. who was, I believe, I don't know, a little while before she met Nick anyway, who 
she accused of sexually assaulting her. Well, of raping her, actually. Um, and he gets it down to a sexual assault charge. Yes, he he had he pleaded it down, I think, to a sexual assault charge. Even um, but she ruined his life. <laughs> yeah. So his story is basically that she went to his place at one point and said that she you know, wanted to have sex and they did so according to him consensually. She wanted it very rough and apparently she asked him to. And then the next day two police showed up at his place and, um, arrested him for assault. Mm. Um, and at the same time, basically this was uh, supposedly it's because he was, he thought she was like a little too much. So he was trying to kind of ghost her a little Mm. bit. I get the feeling. And this was pretty much her way of being like, nope, you don't get to do that. So, so this poor guy's life has been completely ruined, um, by this accusation that was not true. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he says to Nick, well, when I turned on the TV, I said to myself, Amy's graduated from rape to murder. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you get a good feel for who this woman is. You know, she, she grew up in a world that most of us don't grow up in, you know, it's not a real world for most of us where there's so much money. Um, but she's, you know, her whole life been used. And Mm -hmm. so she has kind of created a whole new persona for herself and she's created this fantasy world um and it's like she just plays with people in her fantasy world oh for sure and i think you know a lot of the time it's on the receiving end it seems to be men who she's in relationships with and so yes because i mean yeah obviously because like you know men can be terrible sometimes and that's it like yeah like yeah nick's a piece of shit he's fooling around Mm. with his student like a fucking idiot instead of trying to do something like split up or do anything Mm. even moderately normal but of course people don't split up when there's a lot of money in a relationship because that would be a bad idea when they Mm. don't really have anything good going for them also from what we're given to understand understand all of like the property that they're leasing all the stuff is in her name the car the house everything she i think full control yeah she gave him a portion of her trust fund for him and margo to buy the bar that they have Mm -hmm. and shit like it's just you know it's everything 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 is under her name which also does not look good no of course and she also was clever enough to get him to co-sign to up the life insurance policy for herself mm. like on her right before she quote unquote went missing mm. basically so of course this also still looks bad for Nick but while he's dealing with this and kind of trying to deal with um basically all the fallout <laughs> all the this. fallout of this because also his um mistress his, his mistress goes on TV. on tv trying to look like a mormon <laughs> and just like basically you know says like that hey yeah we we fooled around and everything blah 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 uh this happened and then of course at the same time what's happened is that amy has gotten desperate because she has no money so she calls desi neil patrick harris mm. who's still obsessed with her because everybody's pretty crazy in this story like, he's weird and intense and scary. He is intense and scary. Like, he says at one point that she's left him hanging for 20 years. Yeah, and you're like, why did you stick around for that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but just going back to the two people who robbed her, um, it's just funny because, like, I was saying to you while we were watching the movie, the minute that they saw that cash, I would have just got out of there. Yeah. I would have got out of there so fast, but... Again, it goes back to her, how naive she is and how she did not grow up in a world where people 
were without in yeah. any way. Yeah. And so I don't think it even crossed her mind that these people... I think it might yeah, have because she is nervous about it and she was trying to leave, but it's true that she probably should have legitimately in that moment gotten her stuff and walked out the door. Yeah, exactly. Like she should have done it straight away, but she didn't. Yeah, especially because she had given like a false name when she registered there and everything. Yeah. She was like, oh, my name's Nancy. Yeah, exactly. So. Like what were they going to do, you know? Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah, so she goes out and she finds Desi because she's got no money, she's got nowhere to go, mm-hmm. and she's still kind of undercover here she's trying to hide still yeah um because her plan is now no longer what she wanted it to be right no that's it so she goes so of course desi's immediately like come to my lake house i will take care of you i don't even understand how rich this guy is supposed to be his lake house is absurd (laughs) yeah um so he leaves her there and but there is like a weird element of like here you are i'm helping you but you cannot leave like there's a weird fucking undertone and she she sees it right she does um and like this is kind of a credit to Rosamund Pike like her acting oh god um of how she kind of conveys this to the audience you know as he's trying to be nice using air quotes you know he's saying things like let's get you in some better clothes here's your hair dye here's your tweezers the gym is over there the sooner you start looking like yourself again the better it'll be yeah and it just kind of dawns on her that once again she's around somebody who's using her or like a man who expects her to be a particular way that's not necessarily who she really is yeah like she she's like stuffing her face with junk food for like eight days i don't blame um, her when she goes missing because her whole thing is that she was she was never eating what she wanted to eat because she was trying to stay a certain size you know yeah yeah and she was trying to remain the kind of woman that a man wanted to be with and wanted to be around all the time yeah. she was trying to be perfect a cool trif- girl wife. yeah cool yeah her girl. whole her whole cool girl scene yeah. monologue Speech. that she has is so fucking good. So good and it's true because even though like yes okay this is media and it's exaggerated and it's a story so it's mm-hmm. exaggerated there is there is truth there to is. that in the <laughs> in a world of sort of like you know like cisgendered heterosexual relationships particularly Mm. um there is that kind of element to it not maybe not as much anymore and the older you get the less I find that that becomes like a thing but when you are dating at a certain age there is something about that about being that's it like a cool girl like a girl that guys want Want to to be to be with and to be around and everything and that and you know you you know act like someone who isn't necessarily who you are you pretend that you enjoy the sports games you pretend that you enjoy all the stuff that he enjoys because you want him to think that you're cool um and I think we like many of us have been there I've been there for for sure oh we've all done it at some point or another we've all done that yeah and so you know I really appreciate like and I'm sure that most of that is taken word for word from the book. It is. Um, you know, I, I really do appreciate that sentiment. And that's why I think it's really interesting to look at this from the lens of like, even though she's a very unreliable narrator, like think of like who she is fundamentally yep. based on the information that we know is fact. And that is a woman who grew up in a world that is not a world that most people have access to. Yeah. And so she doesn't really understand how the real world works, but she does know that she's been used by everybody her entire life. Yeah. She's had enough of it. And she's tired of it. Exactly. So this is her way of kind of working around that basically. Um, so yeah, she's been with 
she's with Desi for a period of time. I think it winds up being in the in total total, she winds up being gone about a month. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So what's happened in the meantime? So of course, Nick's mistress went on television and affirmed that they had a relationship together he goes on a talk show as well and basically does the whole like you know like yeah I did and I'm a fucking asshole and there you go Amy watches this whole speech that he gives and she's very impressed by it Mm. because she's like oh yes there's the man I married basically like here here he is being the best version of himself and taking onus for what he's done yeah Exactly. Um, and so, and like Desi can see it in her face as she's watching him on TV. Oh, he's like, so upset. He's so upset. And he basically kind of gives her an ultimatum in a way. He like, does. He's kind of like, you know, you've been with me for, tw- you've been dragging me along for 20 years. You came to me yesterday because you were afraid. You chose me. So now like kind of like shit or get off the pot. Yeah, that's it. Like make up your mind about what it is that you want to yeah. do. So... She comes up with her new plan, Mm -hmm. which is basically to stage things. Yet again, she's good at staging shit. um, To make it look as though this whole situation with Desi was not of her own volition. Mm. That he kidnapped her and that he held her at this lake house. And raped her. Yeah, so she does these... She basically, like at one point, she makes it look like he assaulted her mm. um on the camera on the cameras because there's cameras like near like all like the major windows mm. and like entry points and stuff yeah she makes it look like that and then in when he comes home um she seduces him yep and then at the point of completion <laughs> of the act she slits his throat with a box cutter yeah it's fucked up yeah it's and it just up. goes it's like Everywhere. arterial like spray for everywhere. days like all over her and like you know i've seen this movie before but like every time i'm like oh my god like what's gonna happen next and so it's just like cut to nick at home and then she yeah. just rocks up because he's been well, so car. he was legitimately arrested <laughs> Um, and then let out on bond and now it's basically just like awaiting trial at this point but then of course while he's awaiting trial what does Amy do she she conveniently shows back up all bloodied she just leaves all the blood on herself oh my god gross yeah she just shows up completely covered in blood (laughs) moment is so good all the cameras walks up to Nick and he just goes you fucking bitch it's so good yeah and then she gets very dramatic and almost passes out and he catches her it's so good it's so good Um, And then we're basically in the hospital. Uh, She's being asked questions by all the idiot federal agents who all (laughs) completely believe her story right away. They're all men. And the only woman in the room is Rhonda, Rhonda. the detective. um, So the only one who's questioning her story. The only one. Like, she's like, but this doesn't add up. Like, tell me more about this. Tell me more. And then she just kept getting shushed by the federal detective. Pretty much. We're like, stop. You guys fucked up because you were going to indict the husband about this. And he didn't do anything blah 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 you know (laughs) um so they go through all of that and then of course amy's like i just want to go home with my husband um so they do and he's like you're a fucking monster i'm staying away from you so he spends weeks and weeks sleeping in another room locking the door oh my god i love that he's the first night that they go home i love that he's sitting there with the kids yeah, I know. He picks up the cat, locks himself in a room, and like well, won't go to sleep. He totally gets her to fully confess to everything. Cause mm. He's like, "What the fuck happened?" And she's mm. so determined. She's like, "I, I don't believe you that you're not wearing a wire." Mm. So they go upstairs. Both have to strip naked. They get into the shower, and that's the only way that she will tell him that yes, she killed Desi, and she basically did all of this. And she's pretty much like, "I did it for you." Yeah, and he's like, 
What? This was her way of like rebooting their marriage, basically. Yeah, that's it. Um, which, wow. Oh yeah, <laughs> what it's a, just a lot. Some people just go to counseling, but sure. Sure. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I love that he's <laughs> the cat's the, my favorite actor in the movie. Is the cat? <laughs> She kept pointing. He's at the so cat. well trained. He's like he never wiggles when they pick him up. He never does anything. I'm like, wow, if only. <laughs> so anyway, Megan has cats. I have a dog. Yeah, so everybody they, wiggles. Okay. Yeah. Well, if they had a wire fox terrier in the movie, I would have been all over that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. So he stay. He stays as far away from her as he can for several weeks. But of course, they have interview requests and all kinds of crap going on, and. Uh, then what it turns out is, of course, the day that they're supposed to give one of these big interviews, he says to her, like, yeah, whatever, we're going to do this, but then I'm fucking leaving you. Like, goodbye, you crazy lady. I'm out of yep. here. At which point she tells him that she's pregnant because when they came to Missouri, they went to a fertility clinic because he wanted kids and apparently she did not at mm. the time. Um, so he had his sperm stored there probably. And then it turns out that sometime now in the interim, she's gone to this clinic, gotten his sperm, and had herself inseminated, and it worked, and she's pregnant. Yeah, and so he's kind of like in shock. They go and do this interview, and then kind of cut to him talking to his sister, Margot, and she's She's just sobbing, you know, saying like, I can't watch you play house with that monster for 18 years. Um, and he's just kind of like, well, it's my responsibility. Like I have to deal with this. And I think Margot realizes that she's like, you want to be with you her, don't be you? With her too, you yep. crazy man. And so I think that, you know, in the end they are six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, Amy and Nick totally deserve each other because they're equally as insane as each other. Yeah. I think the person I actually feel the worst for in this whole situation is Margot. Yeah. You know, because she's also going to have a niece or nephew, whatever, and going to have to be around this and be like exposed to this on a regular basis. Like all of the, all of the, all of the scenes actually with Nick and Margot are really good. Yeah, like very good. They really seem, they legitimately seem like siblings. The things that she points out to him where she's like, okay, but don't be this way because mm. that's the way that you are kind of thing. Like mm. it feels very much like something that a sibling would say. Yeah. <laughs> about their brother so yeah no it's just really it's it was really well done that way yeah the um I mean okay like this book was written by a woman which makes sense but the female characters in this book are are great they are they're really good if you look at Amy Margot the detective like they're all really good Mm -hmm. they're multifaceted they're like properly fleshed out Mm -hmm. um and yeah, it's just Even Nick is pretty good. He is really good. Yeah. No, he is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I hadn't rewatched it in a while, and like again, I haven't reread the book ever since the first time that I had read it, like years and years ago. And it's just like, oh, I forgot how heavy it is. Mm. Also, David Fincher knows how to direct the fuck out of like a dark drama. Oh yeah, he's like very very much up his alley like one of those stories where nobody's happy at the end basically yeah. but he does a really good job of it my poor husband was so upset at the end of this <laughs> obviously <laughs> jesus he was just like they promised me change and yeah. i didn't get I it didn't get it no yeah. i know um but yeah it's great it's a great film like it's very well done yeah. it's a great film and it's a great book too and i don't <sighs> even think we can ask was the book better because i think that they're quite the same aren't they're they? very similar of they are very like very very similar mm. but but um i'm gonna say book 
between the two, not because there's nothing wrong with the movie. It's yeah. really good. Um, but I think just from the perspective of like, I read the book first and, you know, going into the movie, I knew what the twist was mm. in it and I knew what the unreliable narrator was, mm. like the whole story was about it. So you're not surprised in the same way when I read the book. I also, I hadn't really like heard much of the buzz about it. Mm. I just kind of picked it up and read it. Mm. And I was like, like my jaw was on the floor. I was <laughs> like, holy shit, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, the watching the movie for the first time without knowing anything about it that was a really good twist when she's like, you know, when you're kind of watching it the whole time, you're like, well, what happened to her? Like, yeah. someone killed her, obviously, and you're like, oh, I bet he did it, and you're just sitting there thinking, like... But that's weird. But that's weird, like, he did it, but maybe somebody else did it, and then when she comes back on screen, you're like... <gasps> well, yeah, just her whole first, like, I'm so much happier now that yeah. I'm dead. You're yes. like, pardon? Pardon and then me? Yeah, no, yeah. it's crazy, and then from there, it just takes, like, a totally, a totally different turn, so no, it's great. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Great beach read. Ah, perfect. Perfect for this time of year. <laughs> but what do you guys think of Gone Girl? I would be surprised to find people who hate this book or this movie, but you never know. Yeah. You can let us know about that over on Instagram at fullybookedca. You can check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you are still listening to this, which I hope you are, uh, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. It really helps us out and helps us get the show out in front of more people. But other than that, until next time, guys, keep on reading.